I'm Summer Falgiano, and you're tuned in to Badasses in Tech. This week, we're joined by digital health executive Ken Bennett. From wearables to sensors and mobile apps, he's here to explain his mission to make healthcare more accessible through tech. So I'm lucky enough to be able to take the tremendous enablers that technology provides us, things like data, analytics, algorithms, sensors, devices, artificial intelligence, and be able to uh, develop and create consumer-focused solutions that allow patients to live healthier lives every day. And in most cases, I'm able to combine those with the world's leading uh, drug therapies, and in some cases, actually um, creating what are known as digital therapeutics, where they actually can help cure and manage uh, diseases independent of of drugs being used by the patient. So I, I know in part of earlier discussions, I mentioned I love this job. I do love what I do. I think health tech is is super interesting, and I, I, I hopefully in my little space, I can make a difference uh, for people. So regarding digital medicines, yeah, it's defined many different ways. Uh, somewhat of a simplified uh, explanation is uh, combining technologies with drugs to ensure better outcomes or reducing the total cost of care, mm-hmm. or in some and hopefully. Um, improving the overall patient experience. And like I mentioned earlier, in some cases, it can be technology alone, either slowing the progression of disease, uh, diagnosing diseases, Mm -hmm. or actually, in some cases, hopefully uh, curing diseases with or without drug therapy. So it's a super exciting place to be. Yeah. Now, was... Is anything around like apps, like applications, like sleep apps or, you know, health, health monitoring apps, does that kind of fall in this field of, of digital medicines? Yeah, sure. In health, it's, it's amazing how many different technologies are announced. If you take uh, in the past two weeks at JPM and CES recently, the number of applications and sensors and wearables, it, it helps paint a comprehensive picture where those were traditionally points in time. When you went to a doctor and they put a cuff on your arm or they took your blood pressure or they did a blood test, now in the beauty of health tech and the emergence of these lower cost sensors and uh, more comfortable wearables, et cetera, you can have that data being collected in real time in a, in a, in a consistent stream of data. And the, the, the hard job now is, is taking those streams of data, be it sleep, be it physical activity, be it heart rate, or most recently ECG being announced by Apple and actually a Verily uh, yesterday, I think, announced FDA clearance of their device, taking all of that and making it actionable for patients to be able to lead uh, healthier lives. I can only imagine there's a lot of learning and studying and, you know, how, how do you get smart on all of these different topics and all these different medicines? Yeah, Summer, it's a great question. I, I think at the end of the day, it's reading. I think it's taking advantage of the constant stream of information that comes over channels like Twitter and, and LinkedIn and, and places like Mashable, et cetera. I think just being on top of it, there's not anyone that knows everything because right. it's too fast. It's too furious. Um, but I think, and also keeping good connections. I think people that I've worked with in the past and partnership companies that I've worked with keeping those tight relationships mm-hmm. and being able to help them help me uh, do my job better. And hopefully I, I do my part to help them do their job better by sharing and learning together. Mm-hmm. Can you give us an example of how you have 
strengthened a partnership or you know how you how you go about identifying a partnership and and kind of keeping that relationship going yeah i mean i've spent the majority of my career in pharma and pharma has significant strengths again you know uh, pharma creates innovative drugs that help people lead better lives Mm -hmm. uh, but pharma is not great at everything. Sometimes the consumer channels are newer to pharma or because of regulations have been an area where there isn't as much expertise and also scale. So I think mm -hmm. the best thing to do is to find your company's strengths and also the weaknesses and finding the, the complementary connection between two organizations. What gaps mm -hmm. can they fill? But it can't be one-sided. It also has to be the other way. How can we help them progress their mission or maybe become more valuable to their shareholders or investors? But ultimately, I think what's important is if we're both aligned on the common goal mm -hmm. of achieving better outcomes for the patient or lowering, lowering overall costs for healthcare in general, and having just a better experience because healthcare is difficult. Nobody wants to be sick. Nobody raises their hand and mm -hmm. say, I want to be sick. Everybody wants to be better and everyone wants to live their life every day. So I think if you combine that and then lastly, maintaining the partnership, which I think you also mentioned is just being as transparent as possible. Yeah. Change happens every day. You just need to share that and understand that and get through it. Yeah. You mentioned you've been in pharma how did you get into the industry? Have you always been, you know, if you think back as kind of uh, as a child, were you always interested in medicine and, and uh, pharmaceuticals? So really technology is the, is the foundation of, of where I am at my career. Um, just through certain circumstances in my life, uh, ended up in healthcare approximately 20 years ago. And I was blessed for the fact that technology and digital and the web were emerging as mm -hmm. channels for pharma at that time. So sometimes I tell people that I feel like I grew up with pharma as it relates to using digital and using right, technology. Right. Um, so I, I, I will be in it forever. I'm, I'm fully convinced of that, I, you know, it'll be health and it'll be technology because I think those two things together uh, were really close to being able to deliver on that promise of, of making people's lives better. And I think, What's interesting with health, health technology is it's, it's kind of the great enabler for people to take advantage of it independent of their physical location and independent of their socioeconomic uh, situations. I think, you know, if you live in New York City or you live in San Francisco, you have yeah. tremendous access to hospitals and clinics. Sometimes that's not true in other parts of the world or other parts of the country. So it becomes a tremendous enabler for broad-based uh, use and better outcomes for patients. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So over the past 20 years that you've been in this industry, what is the most exciting accomplishment or the most um, fun innovation that you've been a part of, if you can share that? I'll actually spin that a different way. I'll give you yeah. a recent, I'll give you a recent example. So um, my two older kids were home from college over this last Christmas break. Mm -hmm. And uh, my eldest daughter is a junior at the University of Arizona studying um, consumer and retail sciences. Nice. And we were just chatting and she beautifully articulated how uh, her goal is to take data and to take things like advanced analytics and machine learning and AI and apply it in the fashion industry to positively wow. disrupt that industry. Now, I had nothing to do directly with that vision and mission but I, I feel 
through my years of, of devoting to technology, et cetera, that I kind of cleared that path for her to identify where she wants to go, what she wants to do, and to be able and to hear someone else applying technology in a different industry with the passion behind it. Um, I think if people embrace that idea of you clear a pathway and let people drive through it and be successful versus guiding them or what people right. sometimes call that, that um, kind of Xbox approach where you're controlling yeah. someone through everything. I think if you just clear a path and let them go as managers and I think as parents, um, that's critical. And I, honestly, I think that is my proudest accomplishment recently. I'd love to dig into that a little bit more um, just because me, sometimes it's very hard to really understand what is my passion or what is that driving force? And, and I'm sure I'm not alone in that thinking, I, you know, especially when you're starting out in your career, you might not always know what you're good at or what you want to do. Can you explain a little bit how you mentored her or coached or maybe in a different example with, you know, you, you mentioned managing maybe employees, how you coach somebody to maybe tap into their natural abilities and, and help them kind of clear a path for themselves, get, mm -hmm. helping them get out of their own way? I think, Summer, I think that the advice that I've, that I've given at work and other places is uh, be uncomfortable. I think uncomfortable is when you're learning and when you're growing and not turning the same crank every day that you've turned a thousand times or a crank that's been turned by a thousand people before you, it's going to be relatively hard to find a passion when you do that. So be uncomfortable. Go volunteer for a project. Go do a preceptorship into a different department. If you work in the field in certain industries, go into the home office. Flip that the other way. If you go to the same office every day, volunteer to go work in the field or in a store somewhere versus home office. So I think being uncomfortable, again, helps you grow. But I think the really nice side effect of that is to, for you to identify, wow, I really like this. This is what I get up in the morning excited to do. Maybe I drive a little bit faster to work. Yeah. And maybe I do a little more reading on the side or when I get home or checking blogs. Uh, I think you need, to, you need to be uncomfortable and that leads to finding your passion. Mm -hmm. And would you say that, you know, the, your daughter's mentality is something that is um, going to be widely adopted? Do you think that that's kind of where this next generation of, of young professionals are kind of thinking how they're thinking? Yeah, I think every single young professional will have to figure out where technology uh, is either holding their company back or their personal uh, dreams or desires or their own startup and where it can also be an enabler for them to move faster. There, there's really no avoiding uh, the positive and or negative impact to the smallest business to the largest business as it relates to technology. If you, if, you know, if you watch TV, IBM has commercials about farmers using technology to, to have a more robust harvest and make more money. So I think not everyone has to have technology in their title right. or you don't have to be a programmer, although some people will say you do, but you have to have a high level understanding of either how it's going to prevent you from moving forward or enable you to move faster. That's, that's I the advice that. I would give. I love that. Basically embrace the tech. Just know a little bit about it. And, and you're right. I love the term embrace the tech too, because I, 
I tend to dabble, you know, on, on myself with the, with the watches and sensors and home connected mm-hmm. technology. I think the best way to learn is to kind of put yourself in a patient's shoes or in user's shoes or your customer's shoes and try to live through it because then you can really understand, is it really making my life easier? Because right. technology, the promise of disruptive positive technology, if you look at renting a movie, if you look yeah. at getting a song, if you look at tracking physical fitness, what it used to be was really hard, really annoying, and really expensive. Mm-hmm. I think I'll go back to health tech now. I think sometimes we actually cause more friction with health technology. And, and I spend a lot of time thinking and trying to simplify because if it doesn't do it faster, better, or cheaper, it really is not going to happen in healthcare. So I think don't add complexity. And I think living in an individual's user's shoes, I think shows you, is this really easier or would I be better doing it the old way? I love that. So kind of looking ahead, what are some of the challenges or um, goals that, that those in healthcare and health tech are trying to accomplish in, in the year ahead, a few years ahead? Yeah, I think there's no lack of technology and there's no lack of things that we can apply to solve for this big problem. I think it's time now for us to actually figure out how to do it and how to do it on a larger scale. Mm -hmm. Uh, You hear a lot of companies, we need to move away from pilot and kind of move into widespread utilization. So I believe it's now time for us to stop tinkering and stop piloting and, and go big. And there, I think more time needs to be spent on figuring that out in some cases than figuring out what the next sensor or what the next device or what the next app is. So a lot of time in my brain and in my projects are spent on making this all work and making it as frictionless as possible, because I think that's critical. Um, Having said that, to add on to your question, I think the emergence of smarter algorithms and truly artificial intelligence, I think sometimes it's more artificial than it is intelligence, I think you're going to see huge progress in those areas, which will empower things uh, like care at home, or uh, aging in place, important things for the population and important things for the payers, the people that pay the bills and the government. Um, And then uh, lastly, I would say that the emergence of this idea of digital therapeutics, where you may actually be able to leverage technology to supplement or actually replace uh, drugs that you put in your body, I think are the areas that I'm watching. Some of the the hurdles we have to overcome is, Healthcare in general is a highly regulated environment for good reasons. You're talking about people's safety and their lives. So I think there has to be a continued maturity of regulations. I think the FDA has done a great job in the U.S., but I think there needs to be more done. And then lastly, those who pay the bills, the large group Mm -hmm. employers or the insurance companies or uh, the, the government needs to increase their appetite on spending on technology to allow it to, again, deliver better outcomes and hopefully a better experience. Thanks for listening to today's episode. To hear more, check out our website, badassesintech.com, and join our community. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So follow us and tune in next week.
That about sums it up. I'm Summer Falgiano, and this is Badasses in Tech.